listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am one half of your ghostly host duo, Barnabas. And I am the other half, Samael. Welcome one and all to a very, very special episode. Uh, Not only is this our final episode of 2021, where we'll be covering our top 10 list but this is episode 100. And it Can is, you believe it? Uh, I, I cannot believe it, my friend. It's, it's titled Top 10 Terrors of 2021. We've, I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't believe it's been 100 episodes already. It's, it's insane. I mean, if we didn't have the pandemic and everything else going on, we'd probably be like, you know, way, way higher than that. But it's still insane. Still, though, we have over 100 hours of our voices talking shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't gotten on the sick interwebs of us yet, forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. If you haven't gotten sick of us yet, then I mean, just wait. <laughs> but no, thank you so much to everybody who has listened, contributed, been uh, a guest on the show. We're going to try to get even more people onto the show in the future and just do and just expand like crazy. Um, but honestly, I just love coming on here and talking about horror regardless of of anything so thank you again sam it's always a pleasure um i wouldn't rather be doing this with anybody else so same yeah i mean i think we're in for a really cool episode uh stay tuned i actually i haven't told you about this but i figured you know it's the 100th episode we might as well do something kind of cool uh so after the the new segment i'm gonna announce Something kind of cool, nothing crazy, but just like you know, a way to show our support. I think it'd be kind of fun. Um, so, so we'll do that pretty soon. But first of all, we do have to uh, say, of course, as always, thank you to Sports Radio Detroit. Got to give them a shout out every single time. Hello, Sports Radio Detroit, and you can catch Sports Radio Detroit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also check them out on SportsRadioDetroit.com. That is SportsRadioDetroit.com, S-R-D, not Detroit Sports Radio. You got to get it right. So go check them out. There's plenty of other incredible shows uh, on their website and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Right now, we're going to get into the news segment, and uh, then we'll have some words from some other SRD shows, and then the main segment. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be going over our top 10 lists, which is always one of my favorite uh, podcast episodes to do just because we get to gush about our favorite horror movies of the year. So first of all, a bit of sad news, and then we're going to bring it back. (laughs) But we do have to acknowledge um, a recent death, unfortunately very sad, Anne Rice, 
author of the Vampire Chronicles novels, has passed away at the age of 80. And that's crazy. I can't believe she just, just at 80, just had a fucking stroke, man. I mean, that's the age where all that shit happens, man. That's the age where if you want to live to see 90, you got to fucking start taking your medicine, start walking, start doing everything you can do to keep yourself alive. But Mm -hmm. for some people, you know, they just wake up one day, go halfway through their day and then boom, stroke. Like it's crazy. Yeah, man, it's absolutely insane. I don't even know, like, how many people of our generation are going to make it to the age of 80, but... Not many. Yeah, probably not, but uh, that, that I don't know, it's insane. You really got to take care of yourself. I don't, I don't know her circumstances at all, but, I mean, it's just, it's just insane. I mean, but she's a legend in the horror community, you know. Unfortunately, I have not read any of the books, but I think most seasoned, like, horror fans have probably seen Interview with the Vampire. Oh, yeah. Awesome, awesome movie. And, I mean, I've heard the book is probably even better, so I plan on probably checking it out one time. But there's so many other books in uh, in that series, and she's just been around for such a long time writing. So, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, you know, I think this might go kind of, like, underlooked or overlooked, rather, as far as the news goes. But, yeah, I think it's a huge loss for the horror genre in general. It's fucking depressing, man. It's always... It's always sad when a legend dies. Like I, that's why, I, like every night, I go to sleep praying that nothing happens to John Carpenter. Yeah, dude, I know he's he's up there too. So I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, so many like so many horror icons are now quite old. Even like Tony Todd and all those guys, man. But I guess I guess the one thing is that there are lots of new horror icons, like constantly, you know taking their places i suppose so i mean there's that at least but it's always sad when you lose one so that sucks r.i.p to her yeah r.i.p and rice all right well let's try and, and honor her memory and talk about some good horror news at the very least this should be pretty interesting i don't know how good this is going to be but I, I'm, I'm at least curious about it <laughs> so Universal Pictures is apparently developing a brand new take on The Phantom of the Opera. And here's the kicker. John Legend is going to be producing it. That's wild. And like, I don't know, it's going to be quite different from what we're used to seeing with all these different Phantom of the Operas that came out. I mean, this one's quote unquote set in the sultry nightlife scene of modern day New Orleans, the world of jazz, R&B, neo soul and funk. Mm hmm. So I don't I don't know where they can be going with this because I don't know shit about New Orleans, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean it, it is a huge like, m- I guess musical area of of the United States. Like I, I don't really know much about the history behind it, but as far as I know, uh, you know it. There's been a lot of like, well, this type of music, jazz, soul, funk, that has originated from New Orleans, and it's a big part of their culture so i guess it's not really like illogical that this could be happening and it looks like the way that like phantom of the opera remakes and like reboots work is that they usually hone in on like some different type of like musical you know aspect of the world and really kind of change it up somehow which I i think is fascinating i don't know the one really kind of more faithful adaptation wasn't that one with like 
and like Antonio Banderas or something was in it. I don't remember. I I think you're right. I yeah. don't know. There's just been there's just been like so many reiterations of that fucking movie, and mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, can it be done modern day? You know, because we're in 2021 now. So like, yeah. is are people really trying to see Phantom of the Opera? I don't know. I think people will probably go watch it just because of like the name recognition. You know, as with, oh for sure, as with many of these you know remakes and reboots or whatever we talked about it last episode right but but i think this is probably one of those that might kind of get that side eye especially with like john legend producing it it's like i don't personally know i don't think he's really been involved with any other like movies or anything so it's kind of a an odd like producer to to be on this but i mean he does know music so i guess you know that that makes some sort of sense i will say the last kind of phantom of the whatever that was really interesting was phantom of the paradise i don't know if you've seen that but that that was actually a pretty cool movie very similar kind of still had that uh romanticism to it you know because the original kind of had that sort of thing going on with it kind of had that that romance angle and with the monster and everything and that was very similar, but Phantom of the Paradise was really kind of like eclectic and just weird. So maybe if they do something along those lines, I don't know. I think introducing this entirely different type of music into it would be interesting. And as long as they stay true to kind of that that romance angle with the monster, then it should at least be intriguing. But you know, I'll, I'll wait until I see some kind of like trailer, you know, before I really make my judgment. Yeah, we got to judge the quality and the cinematography and all that stuff, at least from what we can get from the trailer to be able to be like, well, this is probably going to be totally trash or this might be OK. But then again, trailers are very, very uh, unsafe to judge movies on. So yeah. we'll see. That's true. Yeah, we've been burned before by trailers. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, stay tuned for more information about that one, guys. Next up, uh, I thought this sounded kind of interesting, and then the more I read about it and saw like the images and stuff, this new series actually looks kind of cool. So James Wan is attached to a brand new supernatural horror series that will be premiering on Netflix called Archive 81. And it's apparently inspired by uh, the found footage podcast of the same name. Now, even though we're podcasters, I got to be completely honest with you guys. I barely fucking listen to other podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Even... I like, I like true crime and stuff like that. Yeah. But I- I'm not really super familiar with a lot of other podcasts. So I've never heard of this one in particular. If, if it's good, let, let us know and I-, I might check it out, but, um, not really sure what it's about, but apparently there's a series, um, being adapted based on it. This is coming out January 14th, 2022, and uh, there are some images in this article, but it's got a pretty good cast attached to it, and the premise says when archivist Dan Turner takes a mysterious job restoring a collection of damaged videotapes from 1994, he finds himself reconstructing the work of documentary filmmaker Melody Pendris and her investigation into a dangerous cult. Yada yada something... He becomes convinced he can save her. Something like that, you know? It's weird how they phrase it. 
He's convinced he can save her from the terrifying end she met 25 years ago. So it's apparent that she died in these found footage movies, but there's going to be some sort of, like, twist to this where he can, like, probably interact with the found footage. I don't know what's going on, but... Yeah. I'm going to watch the series for sure, but I don't want to be disappointed because, like, honestly, nothing... I don't know... This is how it is for me. Nothing is worse than watching a shitty found footage movie. Oh, yeah. I completely agree with that. And and more often than not, they're pretty shitty. I think what this is going to do, it's it's obviously not going to be all found footage. I think the stuff he's going to be watching, obviously, is going to be found footage. But because of the whole like narrative aspect of the guy reviewing everything, you're going to have your like standard, you know, cinema style element to it. And then it's going to be the found footage, which at least makes sense. Like, in some movies, like, okay, I guess I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. This is not in my top ten, spoiler alert, but okay. but um, you've heard of that movie, The Deep House? Yeah, yeah, everyone's talking about it on these found footage, like, groups. Is it like a haunted house underwater or some shit? Yeah, and it's from the same dudes who did um, that Inside and um, I think the same people who did Martyrs, actually. Those guys. But they, they did something a little bit different. It's kind of found footage, but the thing with that movie is that they're, like a few parts where it's not found footage like it's just you know like a scoping like like a scoping wide shot and everything and it kind of takes you out of it because you're like okay that's kind of weird like this is like a movie movie but then like it wants you to believe it's found footage you know and didn't we watch a movie remember it was like in 2018 it was like a weird fucking movie that got released on Netflix and it was filmed like a found footage movie, but like it wasn't a found footage movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. It was really shitty. It took mm. place at like a college or something and there's something going on in like the dorms okay. or something or at some party. I don't fucking remember. Yeah, I don't remember either, but I'll, I'll have to like look for that because I'm curious now. But yeah, there are a bunch of movies like that. And, and I do agree with this aspect. It's like if you're going to do a found footage just make it found footage, you know, like don't, I swear, like don't pull away and like show some kind of like super cinematic, like making it obvious that, okay, this was filmed, you know, like, yeah, we know it's a movie, but if you're going to commit to found footage, just commit to found footage. This at least makes sense because it's like found footage within the, the story, you know? And it's like, okay, that makes, that makes sense. But the premise sounds pretty cool. Uh, I'm interested. And there's some actually, talented people uh, attached to this uh, rebecca sonnenshine from the boys and vampire diaries james wan obviously um, rebecca thomas who was a director on stranger things will be directing half the debut season and a bunch of other people so this one actually seems pretty promising holy shit yep all right so now we have a few trailers guys and then we're going to jump into our year-end list. Uh, these trailers, honestly, not the most exciting. I will say that it's kind of been lacking. There's been a lot of video game trailers coming out of the Game Awards, which um, quite a few horror ones, which actually look pretty cool. But I did pick a, a few movies as well as actually one video game. But the first one, <laughs> I kind of just picked this one because it was, oh, it was so we can talk shit. Yeah, it was sort of hilarious. Mad respect to Danny Trejo because, you know, he's getting his bag and and I respect that. But, man, this movie looks pretty bad. Not not all of it looks bad. Like, it looks at least kind of competently made. But 
we've got another La Llorona movie coming out. I was about <laughs> to say, dude. I mean, nothing can be worse than the last one. I mean, oh, man. I mean, at least Danny Trejo's in it. And, like, man, if you go to Tubi, he's on, like, almost every single independent straight-to-fucking-streaming horror movie on there. Him and Nicolas Cage. Like, at least, well, <laughs> Nicolas Cage now is at least in some, like, slightly higher-profile movies. But Danny Trejo is just in, like, all the B-movie stuff. Basically, like, any movie he can... Dude, I'm pretty sure... Actually, I know I'm positive. He is actually officially on uh, one of one of uh, one movie that a guy that I personally know <laughs> is working on. You know, and that's not to that's wild. That's not to talk shit or anything, because like the guy's on my Facebook friends list, and like you know, he actually is a working you know professional in the industry and everything. But he's no like whatever fucking Martin Scorsese or anything like that. You know, yeah, like, he's, yeah. a, he's a he's a modest you know filmmaker right modest level filmmaker and so it's like you know he's just kind of working whatever he can work and hey that's cool like more power to him he's making his money he's he's acting and i don't know he's loving life so anyway he's in the legend of la llorona uh which this states has nothing to do whatsoever with the 2019 movie thank god and this one's coming uh, to VOD January 11th, 2022. And I don't even need to read the premise. I mean, it's basically the same shit. La Irona stalks some family uh, who's visiting Mexico. I think they're a white family because their names are Andrew, Carly, and Danny. I don't know why they keep throwing white people into this, you know, like... Weren't they all speaking Spanish, though, in the trailer, or am I tripping? I don't think the family was. Like, they're in Mexico, so there are, are, you know, going to be people speaking Spanish and everything, but um, I don't know. Anyway, Danny Trejo's in it. He's like a taxi driver, (laughs) and he's got a shotgun, and he's fucking... I was about to say that. He was was shooting that that bitch with a shotgun, man. I don't know what's going on with Danny Trejo and La Llorona, but they got some beef. Maybe she owes him... You know, a few bags of cocaine from back in the day, oh, but man. we'll see what happens. Owes some pesos. Right. Man, I don't know. It, it looks crazy. Like, up until that part of the trailer, I was like, all right, this looks like kind of a generic horror <laughs> movie, but, like, maybe it'll be watchable. And then they're, like, fucking shooting at her with, yeah. with some buckshot. And I was like, okay. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> we can't shoot at ghosts with buckshot. That's when the movie becomes laughable. I mean, it was almost laughable. Um until that point because like i don't know the acting seems bad everything seems very like cringy and like stereotypical you know like stereotypical boo haunted house movie and then danny trejo with a shotgun (laughs) i don't fucking know i don't know man we'll see that's all i'm gonna say like it could be decent maybe but i don't know uh anyway look out for that one january 11th if you want uh Hey, you can support Danny Trejo, spend a few bucks, you know, great. I love him. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, All right, so this next one is kind of like a a double feature trailer thing because they're both related, so I guess we can talk about them kind of at the same time. But we'll talk about the game first. So a lot of you have probably heard... Oh my God. We have got a Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game coming out. Made by Gun Media, the same guys who made the Friday the 13th game. Oh, yeah. where That's where I found almost all of my online friends. And if it wasn't, honestly, for just starting up, like, talking to people, like, the, the 2017 when Friday the 13th came out. 
probably would have never met any of my online friends. Probably would have mm-hmm. never even met my current girlfriend. So, yeah. thank you, Friday the 13th. And thank you, Dead by Daylight. Now, I mean, I know you had a positive experience because of that. But there are, are like, a lot of people kind of upset about um, Gun being involved with this. Because the, yeah. like, the Friday the 13th game has had its issues. So, I mean, is that, like pretty legitimate or like do you still think that's fair gonna... dude okay. uh because the very first day friday the 13th was out the servers weren't working okay and then the next day you were able to play mm-hmm. but you would get booted out the lobby and the only way to not get booted out the lobby is find like seven other people and host a private lobby and then you could play a match which is which is what i kind of liked anyway that's how i found all my friends mm-hmm. and we had our own little group and we would always play private matches together so it was fine Okay. Well, hopefully they'll address those issues because I know that a, a lot of people, especially nowadays, are <laughs> pretty, like, they don't, you know, take any shit. Like, if your game no. is not working, if your, like, online is not working when the game comes out, you're probably going to get review bombed and it's just not pretty. So, hopefully everything works out okay and hopefully the game is great there's only a cinematic trailer right now which you know does look pretty cool um i'll I'll wait and see what what the gameplay looks like but i suspect it's probably going to be pretty similar to friday the 13th if not almost exactly the same like one person controls leatherface and then you know everybody else is a survivor that kind of thing but it'll at least be kind of cool to see like what other adjustments they might make Especially because Leatherface is like not a supernatural being or anything like that, you know. So yeah, he's not. Gonna yeah, there's not going to be any shotgun blast. Yeah, or like teleporting around the map or something like that. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. I mean, he's already on Dead by Daylight, so I don't know like why they needed to make a Leatherface game. Like, I know the new movie's coming out, but like, did anybody ask for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game? That's never been a thing. Yeah. People want a Halloween game. People have been asking about that for years. They want a Michael Myers game. A story-based one, not no eight against one, survive the killer type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think, you know, honestly, the, the Friday the 13th game may have almost set like a bad precedent somehow because people do want these like narrative games. We used to have them with like the old Evil Dead games. They would come out and be like story-based. And granted, those were on like the fucking PS2 where you, you weren't really playing with other people anyway. But even now, like multiplayer is such a big thing that like the evil dead video game that's coming out while it looks cool a lot of people were like really hoping for some kind of campaign or just even a single player game um which would have been sweet but i don't know Uh, yeah i don't know why exactly we need a texas chainsaw game but we'll see it could be good if if everything is optimized correctly then at least it'll probably be pretty fun but uh you did mention the movie and that's kind of our uh, adjacent thing to the game trailer there's a new teaser trailer out for the movie which uh does look pretty cool i'm actually happy they didn't go full-fledged like three minute trailer and just show fucking everything they, yeah i have no idea what's going to be happening in this movie yeah me, me neither i mean i did kind of read up on it a little bit but uh if you're unfamiliar it's just called texas chainsaw massacre but importantly the chain and the saw are one word and there's no ah. and there's no the, so there you go, and uh, it's gonna be coming out on Netflix. Let's see, uh, February eighteenth 
And it is being produced by Fede Alvarez. It's going to be good, I think. But I read the premise. It's like, it's been years since the fucking, the events of the first movie. And Leatherface, he's like, he's moving on with his life. And he's trying to be a good person. Basically, until some Mm. teenagers piss him off. See, that's the part I don't know about, to be honest. Like, the trying to be a good person part. Like, bro, you brutally murdered... (laughs) several college students and your family have been cannibals for how long like that and like one of the guys you murdered was in a wheelchair it's like how are you going to try to you know integrate yourself into society and like you know make up for your sins and everything after after all that possible that that's the part that's like kind of weird to me like i don't know what they're trying to do by trying to make us like you know connect and feel bad for leatherface or whatever i guess we'll find out That's stupid (laughs) we'll find out in the movie but uh it's it's an interesting premise i guess it's supposed to be a sequel to the original movie so this is going the david gordon green halloween route i mean do you think that's a good idea or not no man i think they should have like the texas chainsaw massacre the remake isn't that timeline just Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning like Mm. it's just those two movies we never got like a follow-up with one-armed Leatherface or anything the old the old one the old continuity is like one two three four and then we got Leatherface the the prequel and then we got Texas Chainsaw 3D Mm. which is like supposed to be like the the most recent thing that happened so so this movie is just going to ignore Texas Chainsaw 3D. It's going to ignore the second one, which is arguably one of the best movies of the 1980s, horror mm-hmm. movies. It's like a classic. How are you going to ignore yeah. all that shit that fucking happened and just be like, well, uh, I guess he left his cannibal family and now he's living alone and he's trying to be a good person. He's paying his taxes. <laughs> like what? Yeah. I don't know. It's a very strange decision making. Um, You know, I'm going to hold back my judgment, but. I don't know how I feel about it. To be fair, though, the second movie, like, was pretty fucking campy. <laughs> so, I'm guessing... It was great, though. It was though. great, but I'm guessing they they want to go away from that and just make it, like, strictly yeah, of horror. Course. So, I get that, but... I don't know. We, we saw what happened with Halloween Kills. I mean, Halloween 2018 one was okay, but... I don't know. I, I guess I get it because, you know, that whole timeline is also fucked just like Halloween, so... Might as well just ignore it all, but uh, I don't know, man. I, we're, we've seen what happens, and so, like, for that reason, I'm not as excited as I want to be, but... Fire beware. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. At, at least it looks like it looks like it's filmed pretty decently. I hope they just stick to yeah. the origins and make it scary, and maybe it'll be okay. Yeah, it just needs to be scary. Like, keep the fucking characters competent don't make them make stupid fucking mistakes like if you're gonna ignore the campiness of the 1980s don't keep the fucking same tropes and all that shit Mm -hmm. make something new yeah agreed so guys check that one out february 18th on netflix and this last trailer uh actually is the one i think i'm most excited for because this one actually looks pretty dope it looks fucking creepy i have no idea what what was being said in the trailer but i read the synopsis and that sounds interesting because there's going to be some sort of mystery to it you know what i mean yeah exactly if you can dude um try and and for all of you as well if you check out the trailer um there are no subtitles in the trailer but 
I did like turn on the closed captions and there's an auto translate option for English. And I don't know how accurate it is, but if you try that in YouTube, you'll, I think you should be able to get some kind of like subtitles more or less, but uh, it wasn't anything too important. It was like some little kid saying some creepy shit like, oh, this monster's going to eat me and he ate like somebody like in the woods or whatever. So I don't know. Anyway, the, the movie is called Ogre being directed by Arnaud Malherbe. I don't know how to pronounce that, but uh, it is a French film. So pretty much most things coming out of France and like Spain and those other countries in recent memory have been pretty fucking good. So I'm excited for this one. The synopsis uh, says six-year-old Jules and his mother, Chloe, land in deserted French countryside to start a new life. She is accepted to take over the village school, but the apparently quiet community is consumed by the unexplained disappearance of a little boy. Matthew, the town doctor, is not insensible to the newcomer's charm as he becomes closer. His, her son Jules grows increasingly anxious. And then uh, he can feel that Matthew is the beast that now wants to devour him and take his mother away. So, yeah, the trailer looks pretty creepy. It looks like it has great cinematography, like a really cool atmosphere. So, you know, if they play that out during the movie and if there is a creature... I hope it's cool and not just strictly some like CGI shit. Um, and I, th I think this could be probably like a sleeper hit, honestly. It's going to be some like monster from like Troll Hunter. Yeah, that would be dope, honestly. Like those things were terrifying. <laughs> just, I know, dude. That that like scream or whatever in the in the trailer of this one sounded like it could be something pretty cool. So I hope it's sick. I hope this movie is not just like a metaphor for like, you know, kids hating the new guy who's trying to date their mom after their dad like died or like divorced you know what i mean and yeah. they look at the new guy as like a monster or it could be a movie about pedophiles maybe the doctor really is like an ogre but you know that's supposed to be like yeah he's he's just a neighborhood pedophile yeah those kind of themes are really prevalent with movies nowadays so like it wouldn't surprise me but i really do hope that there's something like tangible that we can see and like you know and hold on to and everything and it's not just all you know thematic so we'll see when the movie comes out. Unfortunately, there is no release date just yet, but uh, we will stay on top of it and let you guys know. So that's going to do it for all the news gravers. Uh, let's take a very quick break. We're going to uh, play a couple words from some other SRD shows that you can check out after you finish this episode. And then we'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Roger. And if you like Tigers baseball, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, analytics, pop culture references, movies, sports, food, check us out. Look for Tigers SRD on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Welcome back, you decrepit humans. We are finally into our main segment I know it's what you've all been waiting for. It's what I've been waiting for. Sam, I'm sure it's what you've been waiting for. Our yes. our top 10 horror films of 2021. Now, um, I'll just start off by saying, in general, I feel like this year, it wasn't bad as far as horror movies go. Okay, I, I don't want to say that. It wasn't bad. There's always some good stuff that comes out every single year. So I'm tired of people fucking saying, oh, there's no good horror. Like... 
there's been some good stuff coming out. Even the like subpar, like about average movies, you know, are enjoyable to an extent. Probably overall quality wise hasn't been as good as the past few years. But I mean, I still don't think it's been bad. Like it's been pretty solid. Yeah, it hasn't been like a horrible year for horror. It's just that like it's kind of jarring when you're just when I open up Shutter or Prime or Netflix and without warning they just drop a new movie and it's like it was just released this year and I'm like it's so hard to keep track of like what would possibly make it to my end of the year list? What would be decent to watch? Like what would be what would be good? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, that's just a problem with media in general now like and I, I run into the same thing. Like, I, I literally have to make it a point to watch, like, this movie or that movie because there's just, like, so much shit constantly coming out and it's just overwhelming, you know? Like, like if, yeah. it, like if this was my full-time job, I think I'd have less of an issue because I could just watch as many movies, you know, as I wanted and I swear. talk about them. But that's not the case. So, it's like, you got to find time. You got to be in the right mood, you know? And so, it's just nuts, but... I mean, I, I tried to watch a decent amount of movies this year, and I, I'll say not too bad overall. I, as usual, most of the good stuff came from the independent scene, although we did have a few decent, you know, blockbuster releases. Probably less than usual, though. Uh, like, probably the the past couple of years, like, as far as what what's hit theaters have been a little bit better than what came out this year but you know we we still have covid we're still dealing with that shit and i don't know people are maybe just not you know taking as many risks i don't know what's going on but we still had some pretty good stuff come out so you know we're going to talk about our, our top 10 first of all i think we usually start off by going with our bottom few movies so why don't we start with our like I think, for reference, how many movies are on your list total? I know you didn't get to watch as many, but just for the sake of, you know, talking about it. Oh, I didn't list all the movies I watched. I just uh, I just listed my top ten on Letterboxd. Okay, but I think you, uh, you... We talked about this off the show, but I think you said you maybe watched, like, 15 or so, like, 2021 20, movies, something like that. Yeah, might be a little more. I just can't recall because there haven't been really that many memorable movies. That's fair. That's fair. Well, in that case, I, I have my full list, and then you know, like I have my top ten. So, I'll 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 say mine. My my last one, believe it or not, is uh, Don't Breathe Two. Wasn't a fan. Ooh, I haven't seen that yeah. one. Well, you might like it. I don't know. Some people liked it. I I don't know, man. I couldn't get behind it at all. This movie like really tries its best to like make the the blind man into kind of like the hero protagonist i heard which is fucking weird you know and like overall i just didn't really care for the movie it didn't really do anything that exciting the plot was like fucking below average like just not that engaging and uh the characterization hated it next up would be wrong turn now i think this movie kind of gets some unfair you know flack i really didn't think it was that bad but it still ended up near the bottom of my list just because it also wasn't that great regardless of whether it has the fucking you know mutant hillbilly whatever cannibals in it 
I don't really care that much about it because it is a reboot. But as a movie itself, eh, I wasn't a, a huge fan. It was interesting until it got to like the midpoint in the movie, and then I think it completely lost its way. Yeah. Um, was that like at the bottom, bottom of your like entire list? Yeah, that was thirty-eight out of thirty-nine movies. Golly. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I could have probably placed it a little bit higher, but I just found more value in these other movies. And then uh, after that was Willy's Wonderland with that Nicolas Cage one where he fights the fucking Five Nights at Freddy's. Animatronics. Movie. Yeah. Oh it was. It was like. I don't know. It was like okay. Like it was kind of like mindlessly entertaining, you know. But I don't know. I, it had too many flaws for me to consider bumping it up. And at the end of the day, there wasn't really like any substance in the movie. Like, and even the the campy animatronic animatronic parts with Nick Cage fighting them and shit. I don't know. It yeah. It just didn't really do it for me. I had a feeling it wouldn't. So. I won't say too much more about that. The, the, those are my bottom three, and then I've got a bunch of other ones. Maybe unsurprisingly, uh, Halloween Kills is down there. Um, I actually have Old down there. wasn't a huge fan of that one. The Conjuring 3 is kind of down there. Pretty unfortunate, because I was looking forward to that one. But, uh, yeah. So, I, I have a couple other things here before we dive into the top ten that I thought could be fun. Apart from that, um, what would you say was maybe like your biggest disappointment of the year movie-wise? Oh, Halloween Kills, 100%. I've been waiting for so long for that fucking movie. And the fact that they took an extra year and it was still shitty is what pissed me off. Yeah, I know. We already talked about it on the last episode, so if you guys want to know our thoughts, go check out episode 99, but I feel you there. I, th- I think my biggest disappointment was probably Titan, actually. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's another French, like, extreme movie. Um, actually got a lot of positive acclaim. It won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. A lot of people have this movie in, like, their top ten or whatever. I watched it uh, earlier in the week. Just, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't vibe with it for some reason. And uh, some people listening to this might take offense to that. I don't know. We can talk about it uh, outside, but... Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It just didn't strike with me for some reason. It felt like there were a lot of like individual elements that were really great and like the direction and cinematography and everything performances were all pretty damn good, but, uh, it just didn't feel very cohesive to me. Like it felt like it was just trying to do this like body horror thing just for the sake of like doing a body horror thing. And then like it didn't really mesh with the plot or the characters or anything like that like as well as i wanted it to so it was just kind of like strange for the sake of being strange and yeah i just i don't know i wasn't a huge fan of that yeah no i usually don't really like all these movies that all the critics are like wow this movie was fucking amazing and then i watch the movie and i'm like are are you guys just like trying to like be like fake woke or something like or like you just like like a movie just is it is it good just because it doesn't follow a stereotypical formula or what like is that like, oh, it's something different it's like no dude if it fucking sucks it sucks like people try to look for all these hidden meanings in these movies but some movies are just explicitly what they're about there's no like subtext there's no nothing yeah. it's just fucking shitty i mean this one definitely i think had some subtext and everything and like i said it was well crafted but i don't know it, it just didn't come together 
for me like it did for some other people, I guess, which is fine. I mean, there's definitely just like merit to the movie, but I don't know. It just it just didn't do it for me. And maybe part of that was me managing my expectations wrong or something because I was like expecting some fucking Oscar like best picture you know worthy shit. And yeah. for some people, it probably is, but not really for me. Um. So all right, on the flip side, then what would you say was like your biggest? like surprise movie like that you actually like you didn't really know if it was going to be very good or not but you really liked it and you don't have to spoil it if it's something in your top 10 it can be anything just kind of what was like your biggest like positive surprise for you uh, it actually is in my top 10 so i'm not gonna okay all right well then we'll leave not it gonna touch we'll on leave that. it and then we'll we'll talk about it there um for me i'll try to find something not in my top 10 mine um I don't know. Probably might be. So all right, I'll just say this. I think *Malignant* to an extent is kind of a positive surprise because I wasn't really sure what to expect from that movie going into it. I watched it and like I kind of hated it, but I also kind of loved it. <laughs> like some parts of it were incredible, and so I think that that might be one that kind of grows on me. Uh, but that's all I'm going to say about that because, yeah, I don't know. And then apart from that, I actually do think, um, probably it would be something in my top 10, so I'm not going to say, but outside of my top 10, uh, I was actually pretty impressed with the deep house. I thought that one was actually filmed pretty cool. Um, yeah. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that one. I just think the concept was was pretty cool and the execution was cool, but it did have a, a lot of other things kind of wrong with it. But and then since you only have the top ten, I'll I know we usually kind of go with our runner ups. I'll I'll talk about my five runner ups and then we can dive into our list. So at number fifteen, I have Boys from County Hell. Now this is a kind of a cool little unique vampire movie. Uh, that I, I believe was a Shudder original. And uh, you'd probably dig this one. It's it's not like fresh, fresh in terms of like vampire horror. But it's filmed well, acted well. It's pretty funny. Pretty, you know, creepy at times. And uh, I believe this is an Irish film. So much like that from the dark. It's got a quite... I was just thinking about a, that. A bit of a different atmosphere. Like it's not quite like that dark atmosphere all the time. But... Um, I really like this one. I thought this one was uh, pretty cool. At 14, I've got Jacob's Wife, which is another vampire movie. Uh, this one has uh, Barbara Crampton in it uh, and oh. Larry Fessenden. And yeah, she like gets turned into a vampire. And uh, it's like, you know, she's like this suburban wife or whatever and gets turned into a vampire and then has to deal with it with like her you know, perfect suburban life kind of a thing. It's it's pretty cool. It's kind of campy, but um, I actually enjoyed the plot, and Barbara Crampton's always fantastic. The effects were pretty cool, so I like that one. At number 13, I have Sensor. Um, now, this one, well, this one was pretty badass, actually. This uh, The plot of this one has to do with, like, that video nasties era of horror, yeah, with with all that, you know, like cannibal holocaust and all that shit and uh the heroine is like one of those film sensors. And then she gets wrapped up in this plot and 
basically almost plays out like a video nasty like slasher movie and uh there's all kinds of really cool visuals and it's it gets kind of like you know mind fucky at parts too it, it's pretty dope i think you'd actually probably like it yeah uh, and number 12 i have the empty man this one was talked about quite a bit because it's kind of kind of got that um like creepy pasta vibe to it with this like urban legend and then it it's like grows bigger and bigger as this guy like investigates it and really cool i would say it probably would have been in my top 10 if there weren't a couple better movies like this one was quite long like i think if it had trimmed down some of that narrative probably would have been a little bit more concise and maybe a little bit more watchable like it gets kind of all over the place like as the movie goes on but overall pretty cool movie and then number 11 this one might surprise you i don't know i have antlers so i oh i thought that was gonna make it to your top 10. i know it, it almost did i was like really thinking about putting it in there but i don't know i liked the movie but it just got edged out i guess really cool creature and everything like cool atmosphere Apart from that, nothing really, like, stands out in that movie, you know? But for, like, a blockbuster creature feature, actually pretty dope. I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, those are my runner-ups. So we'll get started with our top ten list here. And I've been yammering, Sam, so you can take it away. What is your number ten movie? My number ten movie, because I haven't seen many, is... Your one of your least favorite movies, it's Wrong Turn, and it was also one of my least favorite movies of the year, because it was one of the first movies I saw of the year, and uh, I liked how it was going, I liked the people dressed up as like yaks or whatever the fuck, but then like when it when it took like it's uh it took that weird like tonal shift and like in like what the the third quarter of the movie, and then it was just like yeah we're a mountain cult, and we're like oh they're just. They're just like weird, like homeless Vikings, and then it was like, oh, okay, yeah. But they, I did like how it ended up, though. I like, I like the ending. They ended it uh, the way it should have ended, and there was no room for any type of sequel or anything, really. Yeah, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they did make a sequel, but you're right. Uh, yeah, that that's what I was kind of referring to was that whole like last big segment, like. Not only was it like a such a huge tonal shift, but they like s- slowed it down too, like pacing wise. Yeah, and it just threw the entire movie off to me. Like they could have probably done something better with that segment, but or like with that idea rather. But I don't know. <laughs> the way that they took it was like the worst possible way, and so I think that's honestly the probably is one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people didn't like it, apart from not featuring the fucking cannibals which is a whole other thing but all right um cool so samuel has wrong turn at number 10 for me i have sator so this one was cool uh this one really kind of flew under the radar so if you're not familiar with it at all uh this is a uh, kind i would say probably one of those like kind of art horror movies but also not really it's like supernatural uh about this guy who is kind of doing some research in the woods on uh this supernatural entity called sator that his family 
uh, in their history has kind of believed in. I think and I saw the trailer for this one. We might have covered it on the podcast, possibly, but that was a long time ago now, so I can't remember. But uh, his his family, especially his grandmother, like believes that the supernatural entity like resides in the forest surrounding them and even influences them. And so he is kind of like out there trying to find some sort of proof of this entity. And he's got like his grandmother's recordings and stuff. And the really cool thing about this movie is that this is actually based on real events. And the grandmother in this movie is the actual grandmother of uh, of the guy. I, I think of the director, oh, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the writer or some somebody involved with the movie. So like a bunch of the stuff and like the recording the recordings and everything are authentic which makes it even creepier in my holy opinion holy shit you know? where is yeah. the streaming uh i would have to check i'm not i think i might have rented it so probably prime sure. yeah yeah but um it, it's really cool honestly it's got a, a really good atmosphere super creepy uh, again it is kind of one of those art things so there's going to be parts to, of it where, you know, it's moving kind of slow and might not be to your taste, but I think this one works. It's pretty effective. Um, and, uh, yeah, just solid keeps you engaged and pretty disturbed. So yeah, I enjoyed it. It is actually on prime and on Tubi and on shutter. So, Oh shit. Okay. Bet. Yep. So you can check it out. Uh, so that is my number 10, number nine, Sam, what do you got? For number nine, I have available exclusively on Netflix. There's someone inside your house. Oh, which yes, which is basically a modern day. Seems like I know what you did last summer slash screamy, and you know I like these whole like teens getting killed off by a mysterious killer. It's like a who done it. Um, I thought the killer was was pretty was pretty all right. He uh. Before he would kill his victims, he would 3D print a mask of their faces. And then he would go after them. So if you saw him with your face, that meant he was coming after you. And then it was pretty good. Um, the The final girl, I could not care for. If she died, wow. like, it seemed like she was going to die at any part in the movie. Like, that's how unsure you are if she's the final girl. Even though 100% you can tell she is. She was just kind of like shitty. She didn't have a personality other than the, I accidentally threw someone in a fire when I was a teenager. Oh, wow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, and then the ending was kind of lackluster, but, like, I like the feel of it. Um, other than the main character and, like, the ending, I, I thought it was pretty, it was a fun little teen slasher, and you know I like stuff like that, so, like, it wasn't anything fucking groundbreaking. It was just a creepy little whodunit, and, you know, I love mysteries, so, yep, I put it on there. Nice. I actually have not seen that one yet, but I did come across it on Netflix and it looked, you know, pretty cool. So uh, I will definitely be checking that one out pretty soon. Uh, coincidentally, my number nine is also kind of a whodunit, but it is oh. not It is not your movie. Uh, this one is Werewolves Within. So oh. this one uh, was directed by Josh Rubin, who uh, got a little bit of acclaim for the Shudder original Scare Me. Uh, I did not see that one. I don't know if you saw that one, but a lot of mm -mm. people liked it. Uh, this one's pretty cool. It's a horror comedy whodunit about uh, this new, I believe he's a forest ranger who shows up 
in this like snowy little town. So you already got kind of a cool premise there. And a bunch of people start getting murdered. And they believe that there's some kind of, you know, animal or whatever causing these murders. And he's kind of tasked with finding out uh, who it is. And just, you know, what's going on. So, of course, it's a werewolf movie. Uh, but it's cool. The comedy is actually, you know, pretty funny. All the performances are great. Uh, it's a snowy town, you know, so there's some cool shots. And the actual horror elements are, like, pretty good. It does get campy at times, but that really fits with kind of the tone of the movie. Um, and, and then it's got Sam Richardson, who is known for... He's in Promising a Woman, We're the Millers good boys he's in a lot of other comedies neighbors too uh i think i know who you're talking about you'll recognize was he in juno uh no no but if you google him you'll you'll see who i mean okay Uh, he was in the ghostbusters the the all-female one you'll see what i mean yeah he's pretty recognizable it's also got milana vaintrib who is known as the at&t girl she's in this oh oh my Mm -hmm. god Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Uh, yeah, honestly, cast is, is really good, and uh, I just really enjoyed it. This is like one of those fun movies to put on just at night, you know, on, on a, any regular day, and just kind of have fun with it. And uh, yeah, that's my number nine. So, number eight. Oh, golly. All right. It's Halloween Kills. <sighs> he He made it to the bottom of my top ten, unfortunately. Fucking Michael, man. Why? Why do, like, why am I disappointed severely with the last two Halloween movies? Why couldn't they just be good? Why do they have to, like, dude, like, it seems like the dialogue in this movie was, like, written by, like, a teenager who writes horror stories. Like, it was just so bad. I was just glad to see Michael again, and that's why, you know, I put it in my top ten. But other than Michael, this movie has no redeeming qualities. Absolutely none. Yeah, I feel you. I know, we talked a lot about it, so I get it. You just got to watch some more horror movies next year. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> maybe, who knows? Maybe Halloween Ends will end up in your top 10 for a good reason. But after these last two, I'm not really sure, man. No, I can't just... say that with confidence. Yeah. But I understand, and that's totally fair. My number eight is Come True. This one also flew under the radar, but it's actually a pretty damn cool little sci-fi horror movie. Which I think has, if, if you're looking for those kind of like creepy horror movies, this one I think is is, is one of them. Um, directed by Anthony Scott Burns. This one is about this young girl, she's like 18 I think, who uh, is having trouble sleeping. She uh, volunteers for this like sleep study at this university. And uh, basically in her, whenever she dreams, she sees like these... I, I can't even really describe it. You just kind of have to see it. It's like, uh, she's like, you know, like this weird shit, like phantasmagoric, just crazy shit with these, like, basically she's like flying down like a tunnel or something. There's all kinds of weird stuff everywhere. And then it ends up on this like, uh, black figure who's like faceless, except for, I think, uh, he's got these glowing eyes. And basically, she's just trying to kind of figure out what's going on with it. And it gets just crazier and crazier. And, is it on uh, Hulu? It, I think so. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. I would check this That's... one out. It's got some really creepy vibes. Okay, bet, bet, bet. Yeah. Um, 
I, honestly, I really liked it. Really, this could have ended up a little bit higher on my list just because I was pretty into like the atmosphere and tone and everything and, and just the plot. But the ending is kind of divisive. Like, I don't really care for the ending that much. It's kind of one of those fake out endings. That's all I'm going to oh. say. But but the movie is still worth checking out. And I mean, I thought it was good enough to end up in my top 10. So, yeah. Okay. Number seven. Number seven, I have one that I was pleasantly surprised by because once it came out, it was very divisive. People were like, this movie was either shit or it was great. And I think you know what I'm talking about. It's malignant. Ah, yeah. I Like I said, I think this one might grow on me a bit because it's got, I don't know, I feel like it's got that like cult classic quality to it. You it know? does. It seems like... It seems like a straight out of the 1980s type movie, like some sort of um, like I Madman or something. That's what it kind of gave me the vibes of. And it was like it didn't get really campy until the end. It, at some points where when he would kill people, it kind of be, dare I say, actiony. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would kind of be like some like fucking modern day, like Evil Dead type kills. But then like the whole Mortal Kombat killing all those people <laughs> sequence was yeah. a bit ridiculous. But I... I was surprised. Me and my girlfriend watched it together, and, like, we really enjoyed the hell out of that one, honestly. Like, it was... I didn't understand what all the hate was about. It's like people have never seen Giallo films and never seen, like, how overly acted and, like, goofy some of them are, so... Yeah. Well, I guess those were kind of my issues with it, was that, like, I totally got that it was inspired by Giallo and all those old movies and everything, and it was supposed to be kind of, like, campy. And, and don't get me wrong, like, I think that last, that whole last act and, like, the reveal and everything, like, that's when I was like, holy shit, like, this is actually pretty dope, you know? Like, yeah. Even though, even though it was completely over the top, like, when all that was happening, I was actually, like, pretty fucking entertained. So, I liked it. And, and I think the actual, like, killer is probably one of the better ones we've gotten uh, over the past fucking i don't know like five ten years like pretty it's unique. been a while dude besides yeah. like besides like art the clown there haven't been that many memorable like slashers mm -hmm. yeah and and this one honestly is, is pretty cool but but i still I, I know it's kind of following like that style of filmmaking but i still can't get past like some of the acting the story a little bit like some of that stuff like i know it's supposed to be kind of taken with a grain of salt but like i still can't get past all of it so it might just take like an, a couple of rewatches or something because those elements I was like not a fan of, even though I understood, you know, it was taking inspiration from all those old movies and everything. And it was similar, but uh, I don't know. I'm just going to have to rewatch it, but I totally understand why uh, it's as divisive as it is. It will grow on you. Trust me. I think so. Yeah. Grow on you just gotta in, get, the, in the back of my head. <laughs> you just got to get stupid stoned and watch it, man. Like I did. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the best way to watch it. Honestly. All right, so my number seven, uh, I did have this one actually up up there in like my top three at some point, but I just had you know better movies came out that I enjoyed more. But uh, honestly, really solid movie, solid sequel as well. I am talking about Quiet Place Part Two. Oh, yeah, yeah, number seven for me. Honestly, I thought this one was good. Like it followed up directly after the first movie. You know, we're following Emily Blunt sans uh jim from the office you know john yeah. krasinski and going through the world and trying to like you know survive basically really kind of has this same general sort of structure as the first one 
you know, it's like, ah, they're out in the world and they have to like find a shelter and everything. But I don't know. Like, I still think this movie was done really well, had a lot of great suspense, good action. Uh, even the CGI, like alien monsters were still pretty fucking great. And then, um, you know, Cillian Murphy was introduced as kind of like the John Krasinski replacement. And I think he did a good job. And uh, this this one did kind of build on the on the world a little bit, and it advanced the story quite considerably. So I enjoyed it. It had its flaws, but I mean, what movie doesn't? But I, I thought it was well done. Does it need a part three? Is it going to turn into some like Walking Dead soap opera type shit? Uh, hope I mean there is going to be a part three because, like the first movie, this one kind of ends abruptly, where it's like you know it's going to pick up immediately after. Which is kind of the disappointing part. It's like, you know, when I was sitting in the theater watching it and it ended, I was like, wait, there's no more movie? Like, it ended right in the fucking middle of, like, once some crazy shit happened, it just kind of ended. And I was like, okay, there's definitely going to be a part three. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Which I think will be fine. Like, there's still more story to be told, but I really hope it doesn't turn into some Walking Dead shit. But uh, but this one was, was still pretty good. Honestly, like, I, I enjoyed it. All right. Number six. Number six for me, and I don't know if you've heard of this one. It has Amanda Seyfried in it, and it's called Things Heard and Seen, and mm. it's on Netflix. Yeah, I've I've heard it, but I have not seen it. Okay, yeah, oh, good one. <laughs> ah, yeah, thank you. Dick. <laughs> so Amanda Seyfried, her and her husband move from the city to this quiet little like neighborhood place in New York. And then, like, she's, like, kind of isolated and some weird shit starts happening around the house and there's ghosts and shit. And then her husband's, like, a teacher. And then all of a sudden, uh, he gets, like, checked at school and they're like, hey, uh, we checked your letter of recommendation and your old teacher says um, he did not write this letter for you. Or the teacher confronts him and he's like, uh, how'd you get me to write you a letter of recommendation? I don't remember that. And then he threatens to, like, fucking tell people so he's like hey you know let's go out on a boat ride and all all this time like his marriage with his wife is like deteriorating and then her friend tries to intervene because she figures out like the husband did some shit and then come to find out uh the stuff the ghosts from the house um some some amityville horror shit happened to them you know with like the dad and the the kids and the wife being like murdered and stuff like that and it was kind of like The Shining too. Like I, I don't know how to explain it. You just gotta, you just gotta watch it. This one also ends abruptly, but like, it's the ending is like really, really visually pleasing. Like it just ends with like, this. I, I don't want to ruin it, but you should definitely watch it. It's super atmospheric. It's super dark. It's super depressing, and it's. I thought it was extremely well done. It just, just didn't get talked about. I guess it's not you know to the taste of some people, but I thought it was great. Cool. I, I've definitely heard of it. Like I, I've seen people posting, you know, about it on Facebook and everything. But I think it was one of those movies where people talked about it for like maybe a week, you know, after its release and then just kind of like slipped back under the radar and nobody really yeah. gave it a shot after that. But it is on my list, so I do plan on watching it. So that's a good review. My number six is uh, actually one of the bigger horror releases of the year. Okay. And you'll know what I'm talking about. You gotta say his name five times. Candyman. 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 Careful. Candyman. Oh, 
Watch out, Samuel. There's no mirrors in here. Black guy just shows up behind you and just hooks you in the <laughs> right? face. That would suck. <laughs> but uh, honestly, like, uh, have you seen the remake? No, I haven't. Oh, man. Okay. I think you'll enjoy it. But um, I, I really liked it. I thought this was a really well done movie. One of the more divisive horror movies of the year. No surprise there, especially considering the themes and everything. Pretty sure you're at least like mostly aware of kind of what's going on in this movie, more or less. But, uh, you know, this one really highlights the racial tensions, um, you know, going on in like the inner city and suburbs and everything. And I guess some people think this movie's like championing, you know, Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. And I'm not going to get into all of that. You know, the original movie covered that stuff as well. And this movie is, uh, kind of like a spiritual sequel to it so naturally it's going to cover you know black and white relations and all that kind of stuff and honestly i think it does it pretty well um but this movie is a little bit different because it follows a different character who uh he basically like gets in too deep with with the candy man myth and starts like you know noticing changes within himself and everything almost as if he's like taking on the spirit of Candyman and and also having to deal with you know these white folks who are like threatening him and his his art and everything and like his friends and family so it's really interesting i mean i think that it's a well produced movie it looks beautiful i think it's probably like one of the most cinematographically that's not a word I think it's one of the most pleasing cinematically. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, like uh, cinematography wise is what I meant to say. Like, yeah, you know, like like camera t- technique and everything visually, one of the most pleasing horror movies I would say, and just generally impressive horror movies of the year. Uh, I have to watch it. Yeah, honestly, like it's good. Like maybe it loses its way a little bit with with the narrative, like toward the end. But as far as the themes go, the story and everything, I think it works. And the horror elements themselves, I actually think are pretty damn good. So, um, yeah, this one was just generally like a well-crafted horror movie, in my opinion. So that's my number six. Now we're getting into the top five, Samuel. What is your number five? You're going to be shocked because you mentioned that you weren't a big fan of this movie. And... I really don't understand why nobody liked it. It was The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I thought it, I thought it was fine other than the whole, you know, demonizing like witches and stuff like that and satanists because like satanists really don't just sit around and fucking like, let me ruin someone's life and put yeah. these hexes on them. But um I thought the movie was great. I just thought it was like kind of like sketchy that they that they made the movie um like, based on an event that happened in real life where the guy was actually a piece of shit and he just killed someone and said, the devil made me do it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, like, Ed and Lorraine were like, maybe the devil did make him do it because <laughs> we know they were also both kind of sketchy and Ed used to kind of beat the shit out of her and, like, fuck little girls, but we won't get into that. Yeah. The movie, though... <laughs> yeah, the movie, though, I thought it was solid. Um, The whole Ed having heart problems thing was kind of a weird weird attribute to give him all of a sudden in this movie but i know he developed heart problems in real life so don't think it was anything like that i think it was separate from these cases but i thought it was i thought it was (laughs) 
I thought it was filmed nice. I like the, I like the acting. I I like the premise. I there's not much that I didn't like about this movie other, and even the the twist at the end I did not expect. Uh, one thing I didn't like though is them making the actual human witch like, kind of like do a little teleport. <laughs> that was kind of a little yeah. goofy to me. But other than that, um, I didn't have really many qualms with the movie other than the fact that like. There was, like, some, like, filler scenes, and, like, sometimes it was, like, kind of slow moving at certain points, but I don't know. I just, I sat down, and I was like, well, that was enjoyable, but it was also stereotypical for The Conjuring, so. Yeah, that's fair. I think a lot of people had issues with the fact that it it did try to, like, you know, gain inspiration from this, like, real-life case, which, at the end of the day, wasn't. (laughs) really that interesting like it was mainly just like a court trial played out you know and don't get me wrong that sometimes makes for great movies but in terms of like the conjuring like that whole aspect of it was maybe like (laughs) the first what like 20 minutes and then it kind of it kind of like randomly stretched to introduce this subplot that was actually connected to the main plot that then became the main plot and so it was really kind of just strange <laughs> how that all happened, you know. And it's like I, I highly doubt that this weird witch shit happened <laughs> in real life. And it's like you're really just pulling in something. You might as well just have made another movie altogether instead of like, oh, this is based on this famous court trial. But like, psych, like it's not really about that. You know? <laughs> the, the thing is, like in real life, it wasn't even like how it happened in the, in the real in real life. The guy got into a fight with his landlord and then stabbed him a bunch of times. Yeah. Like w- what? <laughs> and I think like, I, I didn't read all that much about it, but it's like the actual resolution for like the trial and everything wasn't even like all that exciting or anything like that. So no, hell no. I don't know. I get it though. I mean, I think over like it was a pretty good movie. You know, I just had like. It wasn't that memorable for me. I just was more, I guess, taken in with with a lot of other movies. So it just kind of ended yeah, up probably, near the bottom of my list. But probably would have changed for me had I seen thirty eight movies. You know, <laughs> yeah. But I get it. I mean, on like, I don't think it's a bad movie. Like, I don't really think any of the Conjuring movies are like bad or anything. But I did not it, like the second one that much. Really, I'll be honest with you. I, I thought it was pretty bad. I, I I think I prefer the second one to this one, but hey, that's totally fine, you know. That's why opinions exist. But, exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that is uh Samuel's number five. Mine is uh another foreign movie. I've got a couple of these coming up. Uh this one actually got quite a bit of uh of acclaim and people were talking about this one for a while. Might still be talking about it, I'm not sure. Uh, another Netflix original, either original or exclusive, I'm not sure, but uh, this is that Blood Red Sky. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So, a vampire movie did make it into my top 10. <laughs> and uh, if Not surprising you're somehow, at all. I know. If, if you're somehow not familiar with this one, guys, this is the, the one with the mom vampire and her young son, on the airplane, basically vampires on a plane without Samuel Jackson. And it's, what, what, what is this one? I think this is a German movie or something. Was it German or Dutch? I don't know. So I think, I want to say German. I'm not totally I sure. Was, I saw the preview for it and I was like, 
All right, these are some Hinga Dinga Durgan motherfuckers. So <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I don't know what it was about this movie. I I really enjoyed it. I guess I probably do have a little bit of a bias toward vampire movies anyway, but I thought this one was really cool. Like the like the vampire uh, makeup and like all the gore effects and everything like that were were pretty well done. It was isolated, you know, to the plane. Um, introduced this cool concept of of the plane being. Uh, like taken over by terrorists and then you got like a fucking vampire in there as well arguably like too many like random elements coming (laughs) together to form this okay but it made like a cool like entertaining movie you know that's all that matters yeah and i'm not go ahead i'm just not looking to always be moved you know i'm just looking to be entertained and scared and like be like oh that was fucking sick you know yeah like when she turned into the vampire for the first time i was like holy shit like that's you know pretty cool and she started fucking biting some terrorist necks and just like ripping them off and blood's going everywhere i'm like okay this is cool i mean performance wise too i think honestly i had some great performances uh yeah it was a little bit ridiculous and the plot and everything wasn't like the best but i don't know i thought it was a cool movie Uh, i'm on letterbox right now and i think a lot of people are giving it way too hard of a time but um I, I don't know i i enjoyed it man so that made my top five number four number four and i mean yeah it's this one people can be like well it's is it a movie technically yes it is it's it has multiple parts and i think you know what i'm talking about this one i watched it the i think the night it came out because I was waiting for it, and then once it dropped, I watched it, and I was like, wow, I like the vibes of this movie, I like everything about it, and I'm, of course, talking about Fear Street 1994. Uh, yeah. It was so much fun, dude, like, it, hella Goosebumps vibes, hella 1990s vibes, I liked it, the fact that they didn't tell us right away what the fuck was going on, and didn't mm-hmm. spoon-feed us the plot, there was no spoon-feeding in this movie, the main character was kind of, eh, her little brother was cool as hell. I I also like the fact that like some of the main characters like bit the dust out of nowhere and shocked the yeah. fuck out of me, dude. I was I was like I literally watched it like this because I didn't yeah. think when they were like struggling that they were gonna like bite the dust and then they just fucking did like in a very gruesome way. That's what I like about this. I I saw you know Fear Street and I was like oh some R.L. Stein shit you know it's gonna be fun for the kitties and then like heads exploding <laughs> and like blood everywhere and I'm like oh shit son. Oh shit! I was pleasantly surprised. I I went in with low expectations, and it and you know me, I'm a product of '80s and '90s nostalgia, and this one just fucking did it for me. I was mm. so entertained, and I was so happy watching this. It was perfect to me. Yeah, I agree honestly. Like this one uh, made my top twenty. It was number seventeen, but I mean, I think it deserves a lot more credit than that. Like it was a really cool movie, and uh, it it was I think one of the more successful movies in terms of adapting all the 80s and 90s style like horror content you know like it had a lot of uh great kind of easter eggs and like callbacks but it was also its own thing which is really important um and i mean regardless of the fact that it set up like a pretty cool trilogy i wasn't like that huge on like the overarching story and everything no it was okay but but just like kind of what it did in terms of being like a slasher throwback kind of yeah i thought it was cool i agree that like i thought all the uh kills were actually like pretty bold you know to do all that i was shocked yeah 
Like when she got fucking like killed by that bread slicer or whatever. I was just about to mention Dude, the bread that slicer. Was, that was I, sick. I I didn't think they were gonna. I thought it was just gonna cut to like the killer's face and then blood splattering on his face. But nope, it sure fucking didn't. Yeah, it did not. It did not. Yeah, really cool. Honestly, like I I think that's a good one and super rewatchable. Like the whole trilogy itself. Yes. Like I think you could have like a cool little like you know binge watch of the trilogy and everything but 1994 specifically uh i think is is super rewatchable and just a lot of fun i swear i'm probably gonna rewatch it again here soon because i only watched all of them once so Mm -hmm. yeah same here so yeah i i might too honestly like a lot of these movies that came out this year i think are pretty rewatchable malignant fear street you know all those are a lot of fun uh, my number four, <laughs> honestly, uh, I don't really want to go back to anytime soon just because it's kind of a lot to take in, but yeah. I do, th- I do think it's a really good movie. So, uh, this one unsurprisingly, uh, is, is a Thai film talked about quite a bit, pretty, uh, well acclaimed. This is the medium. So this is everywhere. Like you got to check it out. It's, it's honestly like really good. This this is one where it kind of like has that mix between the the found footage and the kind of more standard cinematic style, but I think mm-hmm. it I think it works for this movie anyway because it's kind of like a documentary thing, so the shots that feel cinematic, you can kind of accept that they're part of like the documentary format, you know. Um honestly, I just think it's a really well-done movie. It's about a Thai shaman uh, who is inv- basically trying to figure out what's going on with, uh, I believe, her her niece, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who's starting to develop some, like, you know, kind of like standard signs of, like, possession, basically. But it does play out a little bit, like, stereotypical as far as, like, the possession stuff goes. Like, you know, she starts not remembering like what's going on like in the middle of the night and like you know looking all haggard and vomiting and all this type of crazy shit but the way that the movie is actually designed is really cool with the the kind of you know part found footage and everything just gives you this sort of like like you're in the movie like this close feeling to the movie and everything and honestly there are some actually pretty terrifying elements to it and uh, I just think it's really well done. The final act is batshit crazy, <laughs> which is always enjoyable. And uh, I love the atmosphere and everything. I think it's just a really well done movie. And uh, actually, you know, has some pretty scary parts. So definitely worth checking out. Um, if you're not a fan of foreign horror, this might get you into it. I don't know. But I think it's worth a shot. I'll have to check it out. It, yeah, it's, it's good, dude. You just got to send me a list of some, some stuff that's going to truly unsettle me. I will, I will. All right. Number three. We're getting down to the end here, Sam. Alrighty, for my number three, and it shouldn't come surprising because I'm me, and I'll just go out and say it. Fear Street 1978. You give me a campground slasher mm-hmm. with some weird paranormal fucking reasoning behind it and i will love it i love fucking friday the 13th so i'm gonna love movies like friday the 13th any campground slasher any sleepaway camp the burning whatever i'm gonna like it and 
Yeah, I know. Fear Street, two in a row. Whatever, though. I've, I'm telling you, man. This trilogy, I really enjoyed the first two. The first two literally just give me those brain tingles when I watch it. I don't know how to explain it to you. There's an insane amount of serotonin coursing through my veins. I like our main character. I did not like her sister, you know, the little fucking goody two-shoes bullshit. You know, yeah. trying, Why are you being like this? She's a teenager. She's angsty. Oh, we're not close anymore. You're teenagers. No siblings are close when they're teenagers. Like, you're both going through puberty and shit. And fucking, if, if I saw two teenagers that were, like, fucking siblings and they were, like, best friends, I'd be like, yo, what's wrong with you, my guy? <laughs> but, like, yeah. I fucking, I enjoyed the kills. I enjoyed the story unraveling without, once again, them spoon-feeding us anything. Like, it slowly, slowly did it. Like, that's what I like about this trilogy. And this one is also rewatchable just as much as the first one. Like, I can watch these two back-to-back. I wasn't a giant fan of the third one, so I'm going to give you a spoiler. It's not on my list. These two are. And, I don't know, the campground one was super fun for me. They had some classic music playing in the background, too. Like, the kind of stuff that I like. Everyone was dressed like they would be in 1978, but they kind of don't look like it. Mainly because, I guess, I'm just... Used to seeing teenagers that are ca- like adults cast as teenagers, you know, from the nineteen eighties. And this one, it was like actually kids and shit. And I think one wasn't someone from Stephen King's It, the fucking remake in here. I can't remember uh, seeing someone. Yeah, there might have been a cameo. The fat but I'm kid, not personally, I think. Okay. I think it might have been. I don't remember, but like, I just remember watching this one and being like, "Wow, two out of the three, two in a row were fucking great." And. Honestly, like, I'm going to sit down soon and rewatch this one once I knock out a few more from 2021. But honestly, the the Fear Street has been one of the more solid things to to happen in 2021 as far as fun, watchable, rewatchable movies. And no spoon feeding, no weird metaphor bullshit, no art house, fart house stuff. Like, I just, it was just straight to the point. And it was bloody, it was gory, and it was fucking fun, man. It was... It was what I wanted it to be. I was not disappointed by this one. Yeah, I can agree with all those points, man. I I like this one too. It was kind of down my list a little bit, but I think that was mainly just because I preferred the first one, honestly. Yeah. Um, but the second one was really cool, and I think the production design was was pretty effective. You know, as far as like capturing that campground slasher feel. Uh, had uh, several of the killers, which was definitely cool. And I actually think this one probably did the best job out of the trilogy of making the like plot pretty like interesting. I don't know what it was just because like, you know, we're going back in time and we're kind of seeing how everything unfolds. Um, the third movie tried to do that by like taking you to the origin, but I don't know. It just wasn't quite as engaging i think as the first and second movies but yeah i i enjoyed the second one it was really cool yeah i wasn't like necessarily upset or disappointed by the third one i i felt like it was a satisfying conclusion but just the first two are where all like the rl stein joy is at like i just i just thought they were fine man like i mean if if there's any movie i'm gonna rewatch that i've watched recently is it's gonna be the fear street trilogy so my number three, I actually mentioned this one to you, and uh, surprisingly, it overtook the medium. I had the medium up there, but I saw this one, and uh, 
I don't know. I was pretty thoroughly freaked out by it, and I just ended up really enjoying it. This one is Caveat. Man, I'm watching that tonight, man. Tonight. Yeah, turn Is it off, creepy? Oh, is it atmospheric? It, is it... This one's... Dude, this one's fucking creepy as shit. So, I'll say this much. It's, it's a very minimalist horror movie. Okay, like, there's not really a lot to it. It's got, like, this, you know, vague kind of supernatural plot. It all takes place in one house on this, like, dinky, creepy little island... But the majority of the film is in this house. There are some like kind of flashback scenes that are used to like set up the story and uh, highlight the characters and like their backstories and motivations and everything. But the really good stuff, in my opinion, happens just in the house. It's it's mysterious, and I, I would say honestly, this is probably the creepiest, scariest movie that I've seen this year. And Hell yeah, yeah! I have to watch it. I'm literally tonight, dude. I'm making yeah. making food, grabbing snacks, and we're watching this. It's great. I mean, it's, and it's just kind of like that subtle tension and creepiness. You know what I mean? Like there isn't really anything insane that happens, and there's no like huge jump scares really or anything like that. But there are just several moments that are are great. There's constant dread and tension. Like there's just like this bed of creepy music throughout like most of the movie and basically the plot is this uh guy for whatever reason gets um asked to to do a job he has to babysit this strange girl like she goes through these kind of like almost like schizophrenic episodes where she like shuts down and has to be guarded her parents are dead or missing you know and uh, it's just like uh, her uncle who uh, asked this guy to to babysit her for a little while and so he goes but the thing is that he has to be chained up to this harness because he can't go into certain rooms of the house so that introduces this pretty cool little plot element where you know the main character is restricted from areas of the environment right the setting and so like both he and the viewer kind of like don't know what's going on. Like they're both in the dark and you kind of have to figure things out with him. But there's also this like creepy supernatural element to it. And, uh, you know, things going like bump in the house and everything like that. So um, that aspect of it is really cool. And yeah, dude, there are just some fucking creepy ass scenes to it. And it's kind of got, it's almost like, I'll say this much, like the tone and the vibe and everything are similar to uh possum okay but it's not quite so like psychological like metaphorical and, and shit like that you know like there's actually this substantial kind of supernatural thing going on and uh yeah i i think you'll like it i think you'll you'll see what i mean with with the creepy like scary shit at one point i was actually like almost shielding my eyes because i was pretty sufficiently creeped out it was like one o'clock in the morning fucking all the lights were off and everything and yeah so that's the first time i've done that in a while so hell yeah dude i mean i saw you watching it on your story because i opened mm -hmm. up your story and i was like caveat i saw that on shutter i think yeah this was maybe the biggest surprise because like not a lot of people really talked about this movie it really flew under the radar and just kind of randomly popped up on shutter but yeah i don't know i was i was really impressed with it i can't wait oh yeah all right well we're getting down to the end here now for real samuel number two 
Number two, you might be surprised, but when I pick my top ten, I only pick movies that I had fun with and that I was entertained by, and I was 100% entertained by Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. All right. I loved this movie, dude. It was so... it. I was so... It was very fucking tense. And I was super, super stoned while I was watching this one. I was watching with my girl. And, like, the way this movie just crawls along. It doesn't, like, just fucking go gung-ho and just, like, feed you a bunch of bullshit. You kind of have this feeling the whole time. Like, I I think I know what what happened. I think this is probably, like, a cult thing that's going on. Because that's that's been a thing recently, weirdly enough, like with all these cults and i think it's hollywood trying to t- let us know like hey man we're kind of doing some stuff in here uh that's culty too so um mm-hmm. you know they kind of tell you everything that's going on there without like you know by being like oh this is just a movie it's like no no i i but then like i don't know this fucking girl she goes to see her family because her mom fucking ran away a long time ago she tries to get away from them but her daughter, stupidly enough, contacts the family, goes back there, and is supposed to be a another, like, avatar for the demon Asmodeus. And she goes there, and everyone's acting sketchy, and everyone's, like, fucking singing at the table or whatever the fuck. And, like, it's kind of, like, fucking weird, and everyone's acting weird, and they won't let them go into this, this church. All the movies where they're like, you can't go in here, there's... This place is off limits. Those movies are always the best because then you're just like, oh, you told me not to go there. Now I have to go there because obviously that is to make us want to know what is in there, what's going on in there. And then we theorize all these millions of fucking things that could be in there. And then it's it's weirder than what you expected with the whole underground thing and like the fucking... Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but I thought it was... Besides the first paranormal, I, I would say this is the best paranormal activity movie. The rest of them are really? kind of complete, completely ass compared to this one. Maybe the ghost dimension was that, or no, number four was pretty decent. Yeah. But I don't know. I think this was the best one because it had nothing to do with the rest of them. And it took on a a new story. And I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised. I was watching this and I, so many times I turned to my girl. I was like, why is this one actually good? And she's like, I don't know, but it is. Like, there was actually shit happening. It wasn't just people sleeping in the bed and then a door closes and then they wake up and, like, there's a ghost and the door closed. And they're like, oh, let's go back yeah. to sleep. Like, you know, like. That's that's true. It's probably, like, the most uh, happening, like, paranormal activity, exactly. movie, for lack of a better word, like, throughout the movie. Because all the other ones, like, uh, there's, you know, some creepy stuff that happens, like, every 25 minutes. And then, like, the last like 20 minutes are just fucking like non-stop you know crazy paranormal shit going on and somebody's neck is getting snapped or whatever yep that always happens that way yeah some witch cult comes out but like for the rest of the movie not really too much i mean this one like kind of had that because it was building up but i would say there was a little little bit more to it although i i do think this movie actually is connected to to the other movies because you think so yeah i think i think the girl is actually like a family member of the uh, original um, two, like, women who were, like, possessed or whatever. It was, I, I remember believe. there was Katie, and then I don't remember the other one. I think it was, like, wasn't it, like, Sarah or something, some shit like that? I know one of them was but Katie. I, she she was, like, the one that was, like, a witch or whatever. Yeah. 
which whoever the main one was that I think takes off with like the baby or something. I kind of forget some of the plot. Katie, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Whichever one I think like departs like the first or second movie with like the baby or whatever. I think the girl and next of kin is supposed to be, I guess that's why it's called next of kin. I think she's like a descendant or like loosely related family member of them or something like that. So it kind of makes sense why she would be looked at as like the vessel. But um, yeah, honestly, I I did enjoy this one like a lot more than I thought I would because the last few were kind of weird. Like the one with the Hispanic family was was not that great. And I think the one like right after that. And wasn't there like gang members in that one or something? Like, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) But like this one was actually pretty cool. Like it was definitely the most overproduced like found footage movie like you know it looks fucking 100 percent. which which is not surprising with like modern technology but definitely way different than all the other paranormal activity movies which i kind of commend them for doing like you know you can obviously see like something wasn't working with those other ones and so they did something a little bit different and you know i respect them for that and i i do think it was actually pretty cool like that final act when they went down and everything, like that was pretty dope. Like that was I, that was actually. Pretty I, I was nervous intense. the whole time. The whole yeah. movie, I was nervous. Like, even with like the old like Amish people, like being so like, fucking like secretive and everything, mm-hmm. and like they're fucking killing chicken cult or whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. dude. It was just like very unnerving. I don't know. Something about the movie just made me completely unnerved. Yeah, I I can agree with that, dude. Like. I was pretty unnerved during as well. I, I guess I kind of understand some of the criticisms and everything too, but I mean, as far as like paranormal activity movies go, I think this one was, was pretty up there. Surprisingly. So, um, all right. My number two is also a very fun one. I had to put this one up so high, I think because I did have so much fun with it. This movie is just an absolute blast. And much like Fear Street, it harkens back to like a lot of the the kind of old school shit that you would find like on TV, but really kind of puts a twist on it because it it gives it this gory horror element. You might know what I'm talking about. Uh, came out earlier in the year. It is Psycho Goreman. Oh my god! Oh, how did I forget that one? I love. I loved, loved, yeah. loved, loved that movie. You can audible it, put it into your top ten if you want. But <laughs> dude, this movie was was great. Um, I I love the premise. I mean, I'm kind of a fan of all the old like Super Sentai, Power Ranger, like all those Ultraman, like that kind of shit. And yeah, this movie of takes all of that stuff. Yeah, and and, and just puts this like crazy over the top horror spin on it. It's hilarious. Uh, it's got some really great practical effects, some really cheesy like CGI and stuff, but it works for the movie. And the, the plot is actually like one of the more unique plots that came came out of horror this year, and I really like it. I love all the characters, honestly. And th- this is one of the horror movies where I can say that is that like all the characters are in some way really enjoyable. Even the main girl, she's like obviously. Even the dad, though. Okay, I mean, he had an arc, I guess. He had an arc. Yeah, he had an arc. I wouldn't say that he was, like, a great character or anything, but, like, he had his moments, you know? Like, he was there to 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 fill a role, and I think as far as that goes, he did it pretty well. 
So I honestly love that movie so much. I didn't know if great. we could count it toward 2021 because Google said it was like technically 2020. Yeah, uh, I'm counting it because it technically got like a wide release. I think in 2021. I believe yeah. I could be wrong, but that I believe it. Either did, way, it so it counts. It. Yeah, it counts for me. <laughs> so, um, th- this movie was fantastic. I think it was actually like the first like horror ish movie I saw like of the year, and I just immediately me too. fell in love with it. I I gotta go back and watch it soon. I watched it after just... you told me to, and then I think I messaged you afterward. Like, dude, I fucking love that movie. I was actually gonna get myself a fucking shirt from uh, I don't know if it was Cavity Colors, but it said. I forgot what the phrase was about the boys. You remember the boys phrase that he said throughout yeah, the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, fuck. What is it? Ah, I don't remember. I don't remember. But I know what you're it's talking okay. about. Yeah, it's it's great. The, uh, this movie has so many like classic one-liners and just so much crazy shit happens. It's just such a blast. Like if you're into any of that kind of old Power Rangers type stuff or anything like that, or even just like campy old horror movies in general. You'll find some kind of enjoyment out of this one. Uh, it's just hunky so, boys, so much fun. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like the actual like character of Psycho Gorman was fucking great. The the costume and everything was fantastic. I love all the like little side characters as well. Like the when the kid gets turned into the giant brain, that shit is so fucking hilarious to me. Dude, that shit was, and he was just walking around the whole movie as just a giant fucking brain. Yeah, it's great. Did they ever turn him back? I don't think they did. I don't think so. I think he just stayed as a brain. It's so good. Well, at least he wasn't a penis. That's true. That is true. Could have been walking around as a dick the whole movie. Could have been, yeah. Yeah, I love all the, like, little side characters and everything. Like, the the federation of um, characters who are, like, trying to capture Psycho Goreman. Like, those are all pretty cool. Uh, I just love the creativity behind this movie and just the willingness to just commit to the fucking over-the-top ridiculous nature of basically, you know, horror Power Ranger type shit. I think it's just fantastic. So, Not going to be for everybody. I think this one is definitely one where if if you're not into this style at all, you're probably going to hate it. You're going to watch this movie and be like, what the fuck is this? But it's obviously very intentionally made to be over the top, ridiculous, and and funny, and you know you just gotta kind of let loose and like have yourself, let yourself have a good time with it, you know. So yeah, that's my number two. I just really liked it. Uh, and uh, we're down to the wire here, Sam. Number one, what is your top horror movie of twenty twenty one? I don't know how you felt about this one. Um. But all I can say is, all hail Ratma. Oh, man. Okay. VHS 94. I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I was waiting and waiting for it to drop. And then I love the Ratma. I loved, like, the fucking the vampire one. I loved, like, the psycho killer robot thingies, like, with the mad scientist. I thought they were all, like, classic things that would have been, like, horror movies back in the day. Or they would have been, like some sort of like urban legend you know like in like the 1990s back when you know we were just like lads roaming around and diapers shitting our pants but like i don't know man i felt like i felt like this one was fucking solid i i didn't care for the wraparound story at all but no. definitely the ratma one and the fucking i don't know why i just love the vampire story so much it seemed like 
some shit you would see on like fucking faces of death like mm-hmm. the the recording style and then like all these like fucking you know um vhs's version of like the proud boys yeah and i Maybe, thought it was pretty fucking sick it was I'll, I'll say this much that one was actually maybe my least favorite one although i think, think so? that the actual vamp i don't know i liked it though but like i think it was maybe maybe the whole like you know faux white supremacist thing just like ticked me off and that's why i didn't like it because at first i was like what the fuck is going on like this is yeah such like a strange tale and then when i actually realized that it was you know a vampire thing i actually really liked that part of it because that was actually a pretty unique uh take on like the whole, i really you know, thought vampire so mythos yeah because like i was like why are they great. why are they killing this guy over and over like i didn't understand yeah. what was going on no i had absolutely no clue and then once i realized it i was like oh that's actually like pretty dope um my favorite segment was actually maybe the most like the funeral home plain, plain one yeah i i dude i, I love that one segment was fucking great I like, knew you would like was, that one because I know both of us really enjoy those isolated, like overnight happen in one in like a few hours horror movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like instead of like spanning across a few weeks. I love that segment too, man. Like just it's perfect. There's a storm and then a being what a tornado or whatever. Yeah, There's a storm, yeah. a, a creepy funeral home, a dead body that's still alive. That was that was classic. Like that one yeah. Yeah, I would say that one is the best segment. And then I the the killer robots ha- that are half human with the mad scientist one. I felt like that one was like fire. Like I don't know why like <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I was I just really enjoyed that one, man. Like but the and the Ratma one was pretty fucking wild. Like mm-hmm. it gave me anxiety when she was trying to talk to the fucking naked man in the sewers with like right up to him like excuse me, sir. Like I don't know, like it just the whole movie was just I felt like it was super unique, and the vampire segment has nothing like that has ever been done before, and I thought it was solid. Yeah, honestly, there was a really good like breadth of of segments uh, in in this particular VHS because uh, a lot of stuff that kind of like contrasts with each other, but there's a lot of variety. You know, it's really cool. Like the first two, uh, I think it was the first two, the Ratma and the the Wake Funeral one. Home. Um, yeah, they they were um, like had some really good buildup and su- of suspense, you know, which I think is w- partly why I really like the funeral home one. Like that one, I think the suspense was off the charts. Like it was just great because of the isolated setting, you know, because she was just there alone and like creepy shit was happening. Like the coffin would move or, you know, bump or whatever. And it, it was, it was a very classic type of horror tale, but I think it was just done really well. And that's totally fine. You know, like sometimes if you do, the the basic classic stuff really well like that's why it works that's why it you know became so well regarded in the first place and like inspired so much shit you know because it can just be super effective and i really dug the atmosphere of it uh the ratma one pretty much the same thing and obviously the the creature was super cool (laughs) so yes um i think i think that one's gonna be like you know kind of a classic pretty soon I hope so. It needs to be. I mean, I felt like this one, like, it was talked about for, like, a day. And, like, I think it flew under the radar for the most part because the original VHS and the sequels were, like, fucking... Everyone would talk about them. Like, you seen VHS? That one's fucking solid. Yeah, it's going to be on my Halloween list. Everyone. Everyone. But, like, this one was, like, 
And, like, Shutter doesn't get, like, the eyeballs it deserves to get. Because, like, you got all these people posting on these groups asking everyone, should I get Shutter? And then some asshole who's not even, like, a giant horror movie fan. Or he's, like, so jaded. And he's, like, no, it's not worth it. And then you miss out on all these exclusive Shutter releases. So it's very annoying. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. I mean, I guess, you know, Shutter is still at that point where they don't have probably, like, the biggest fucking marketing budget so it's not all their shit like goes out but i think enough people are probably using shutter and i mean vhs 94 did get some eyes but i agree i think it deserves a bit more attention i would say honestly in terms of like just the segments themselves probably maybe the strongest vhs in terms of just like the individual segments yeah. um but the wraparound story fucking sucked i hated it if, if the wraparound story was better I think this one could possibly even be maybe the best VHS apart from a lot, maybe the first one, but yeah, I can totally see why, why it would be your number one. I think overall really enjoyable movie. My number one, I don't think you've seen this one yet, um, but did come out in theaters pretty recently. Again, one of those that might've been a little bit overlooked, but um, I actually saw it with our good friend, the caretaker and oh we both really enjoyed it and i was just i don't know man i i just dug this movie a lot i think it did a lot of really cool things and this is the newest one by david bruckner who actually was a contributor for the original vhs contributor for southbound he did the signal the ritual on netflix if you remember that one yes i remember we reviewed that one Mm -hmm. And he's going to be helming the new Hellraiser reboot that we talked about last episode. Uh, this one is The Night House. And I'm pretty sure we did cover this movie back when like it was first announced um, on Grave Discussions. We, I think we talked about it. If not a trailer, we probably talked about just like the announcement of it. But I finally got around to seeing it. Um, this was like technically, technically a 2020 movie that got it's wide release uh, this, this it year. counts it, it counts if it it's counts. wide release it counts to me and yeah we finally saw it and i just thought it was just a really really well-made horror movie i will say there are definitely some super creepy moments not quite to the same extent as like caveat or anything but overall as like a complete like package of a horror movie this one was just my favorite of the year i think everything in this movie worked uh, it had some really cool stuff going on. Basically, this uh, woman played by uh, Rebecca Hall, who put on a, an incredible performance. Maybe my favorite performance of the year. Not really sure. I'd have to kind of look into that. But she did a fantastic job. Her husband uh, dies. He commits suicide in the middle oh, of, of the lake that's by their house. So you can kind of maybe see where the, where this is going. Like There's similar premises out there right but she starts feeling uh, a presence in the house you know she thinks it's her husband maybe it is maybe it isn't i'm not going to say anything um so you know she's dealing with her grief as she continues to encounter this spirit or whatever it is in the house and she starts digging into uh her husband's life basically right because she starts to kind of uh, figuring out these secrets about about his life like right before he he did what he did 
And I think that's one of one of the parts of the movie that I really actually appreciated is that there's a great mystery behind what's going on. And the exploration of it was was really intriguing, captivating, compelling, kept you engaged with the movie, you know. And um, she starts finding out about all this kind of stuff, how he was building this other house nearby their house and digging into some like supernatural stuff. And the supernatural thing of, of this movie is actually like pretty unique. I haven't really seen anything like it so much in, in any other movie. And it kind of catches you off guard because the thing about this movie is it almost comes off as like a typical haunted house movie but it's not quite like it kind of takes a lot of those elements, but it does some cool, unique things with them as well. And there are some genuinely freaky and suspenseful moments in this one too. I wouldn't really say like super scary per se, but definitely some good creepy moments. And I mean, the guy just knows how to like craft an effective horror movie, you know? And there are a lot of really cool moments like that in the movie. Um, and like plot wise, it's great. Performances are great. Cinematography, really good, top notch. So just as like, I don't know, this movie, the movie is the kind of the, the complete package for me. Um, I gave it four out of five stars. So it would, it didn't like amaze me. But as far as like movies that were released this year go, um, I don't know. It stood out to me the most, and I really enjoyed it. Hell yeah! And where can we watch this? So I did have to um, rent this one. So I don't think it's out like for free streaming anywhere yet, but it probably will be. So you can you can rent it anywhere. It's worth it. It's a, it's a good movie. Okay, cool. Yeah. So guys, that's going to do it for our top 10 lists. Uh, we're, we'll share our list, uh, I'm sure, on the website and anywhere else. So you can go check them out. We're super curious about your list as well. And actually, now that I'm talking about this, I completely realized that I forgot to mention what I was going to say earlier in regards to our 100th episode thing. I thought it might be cool if we did a little giveaway, maybe. Oh, was, we could do I was that. Thinking, I was thinking, because we haven't done them yet, um, haven't done any shirts with our new logo on them. And I was going to get us some, and I thought it could be cool to give away one of those shirts to a lucky fan. So, um, you know, in, in celebration of our 100th episode. So if you've stuck around to this point, I'll, I'll make a note of it. We'll probably put it on social media or something since I was going to say it earlier and just forgot. But um, if you're listening, we'd love for you to participate in this giveaway. So I'm going to figure out all the rules and everything, but I think listen to this episode and you know make sure you're following us on social media and everything subscribe to the show on your favorite platform i'm gonna figure out an actual kind of like a contest thing of how to enter but um, i'm gonna do that and that's gonna go live i think shortly after this um, episode drops and then you'll be able to enter and sometime probably after the new year i'm gonna get it together we're gonna pick a winner and get you a, a free grave discussion shirt hell yeah when are we getting our shirts i'm fat as hell right now by the way i wear an xl oh well i mean i don't know i i'll get you an xl i'll I'll send out something pretty soon i think are we gonna like uh 
Are we going to have our like names on the back with our favorite number like it's a jersey? <laughs> I, yeah, we can do that if you want. There's a lot of op, like customization options and shit. I was trying to find like a good like custom uh shirt like website to use and I have a couple options right now, but don't um, get anything that's 100% cotton okay. because the second you fucking wash it with hot water it'll, like, and shrink. throw it in the dryer and it'll shrink. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll try to find like a good quality material. So if you know one, like let me know. But. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I can look too. Cool. I'll cool. find some stuff. Usually, um, what's this one website called? Um, let me pull this up real quick. Mm-hmm. I think it was called Red something. Okay. Maybe Redfin. I don't know. That better. That better not be something that it, I should have. <laughs> Uh, is it redfin no that's a real estate um okay I'll, I'll figure it out but we we gotta we gotta get these shirts mike yeah we'll we'll get a good quality shirt and so whoever the winner is of the giveaway you'll get a nice good quality grave discussion shirt hell if you want we'll put your name on it too we'll give you a number we'll fucking customize it however you want we'll, we'll put we'll put uh we'll put zero one on the back of it for and it'll be for our number one fan (laughs) perfect all right sounds excellent so one lucky fan will get that free shirt so stay tuned for uh, how to enter that and yeah thank you again to everybody who's listened i mean this is a huge milestone for us um i you know i always knew we'd get to the 100th episode but it's still kind of exciting to to be at this point and expect many many more and uh yeah i mean i I think this is a great episode always love talking movies with you samuel and uh me too man else you want to say not much man i just can't believe we've been like we're a hundred episodes in dude Mm -hmm. and we're not gonna stop like we're we're back in our groove and we're gonna keep staying in our groove because like honestly like the past year with like minimal grave discussions has been (laughs) fucking miserable and i've i've really missed it i've really really missed it my friend uh woodsy toast aka brian tyler he said he uh he listened to the last episode and it's like he's just happy we're back like (laughs) yeah yeah me too dude i've I've been getting the same messages and i you know i just I, i love geeking out about horror and i'll take any opportunity i can to do that so um yeah i'm looking forward to all the next episodes next year is a new year um we do plan on releasing more episodes regularly again so i'm not sure completely about you know the time frame and you know how often we'll release just quite yet but we'll try to get an episode out there as often as possible guys so you know don't put us away we're going to be coming back with brand new grave discussions content in 2022 fingers crossed for just a better year in general and um yeah, I can't wait for all the all the new movies and games and series and shit to come out because horror is still as strong as ever, man. Evil Dead video games coming out soon, man. Yes. Was it February, dude? Something it like better that. be cross-platform so we can play together. I I, th- I think it is. I believe it is. Oh, we're about to have so much fun, dude. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. I can't wait. So so much exciting stuff wait. coming out. We're gonna be talking about it and and what we're most excited about. So stay tuned. That'll be, I'm sure, in the next uh, couple of episodes here. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, guys. Go to gravediscussions.net. Check out all the past episodes. Subscribe on your favorite 
podcasting platform, whatever that is, and just, you know, reach out to us with, with whatever you got. But that's going to be it for episode number 100. And hopefully next time we can maybe, you know, we wait for like a random, you know, movie to drop on Netflix or Hulu or what it may be. We can start off with like a good chopping block episode. Yeah, man. I'd be down for that. Anything. Anything sounds great. And then for Cult Corner, we can like, you know, maybe revisit some some like hidden gems from like the 80s and 90s that neither of us saw. Like Mm -hmm. I could take a look at like my inventory and be like, hey, can you get a hold of this? Like. Let's uh let's do maybe a cult corner on this one and then I don't know man it's going to be a fresh new year we're back at it and like I'm just I'm just glad we're back dude it it almost feels the same it's just the movies have been kind of like spaced out so much because of the yeah. pandemic still and yeah uh, it's well, just it's been rough I feel you man well I mean, hopefully things improve and we're able to kind of get out there and see some more movies. Hopefully we'll get more quality movies. I think we will. You know, we're going to be hopefully starting off strong with Scream. And Oh, my gosh. Who knows? I can't wait. I'm so excited for that. Me too, dude. I I think for sure we're going to do an episode on that. So We have to. We have to. Yeah. Stay tuned. But all right. This has been, I think, going on long enough. So we'll wrap it up here, Sam um a pleasure as always and just stay tuned for the next one guys we will see you next time on grave discussion in 2022 This has been an SRD production.